Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up guys, Coach Steve here, and welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Weekly Show. Today we're joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm really well, thanks Coach Steve. But the question is, how are you? How am I? How am I? Oh, look, Nick, it's my motto at the moment. It's it's just one day at a time. Mm-hmm. That's what it is right now. Um, you know, last week, actually today, of the recording of this last week, uh, I was lucky enough to welcome my second son into the world, little baby Henry. Um, he was born just over four kilos. So he was a big boy. Wow. He takes after his, his papa. Uh, so it's been an eventful week as we transition into, uh, you know, that infant stage again. Um, and I've got my little boy, George, who is, you know, 14 months, 15 months old. So it's a little bit tricky right now trying to keep him entertained while we're looking after the newborn. So I have had a lot of um, sleepless nights. Um, I think I've, I've aged a few years because of my, my lack of sleep. Um, but, you know, I'm still trying to, to prioritize things that are important to me, like, you know, trying to eat well, uh, look after my my wife, of course, and make sure she's recovering well and, and transitioning into this uh, infant stage again well. Um, and then also trying to fit in some training when I, when I can, which is another big priority for me. So look, it's just, just one day at a time, Nick, one day at a time, and onwards and upwards, because it is an exciting time in the challenge, like always. We are getting towards the end of phase two. We're in week four right now, and we've got the next check-in this weekend. I can't believe it. I, it just feels like, I mean, it was seriously not that long ago when since we had the, the last check-in. So that's crazy times. Each day counts at the moment for everybody. That's right. Each day counts. And, uh, you know, I have actually stepped away from the challenge over the past week. So so coming back, um, I have seen a few posts on like the forums and the Facebook groups of some individuals who might not be experiencing the same change that they uh, that others are experiencing or the change that they expected to experience. So now we're in this really like, you know, crucial time of the challenge where we can make significant changes to our strategy right where if you're not losing weight or not gaining weight maybe you do want to modify your your nutrition plan maybe reducing the calories or increasing the calories depending on your goal or maybe you really want to look at ways that you can increase your physical activity because now is the time where we can actually influence um you know progress if we have reached something like a plateau you know if you have lost a little bit of weight at the start you know the first couple of weeks your weight fluctuates a lot now is the time where you can clearly see hey is my strategy working or is my strategy not working so if you are in that position re- reach out to us you know that's where we're, we're here to help we're here to offer our, our guidance and support so that you can get the results that you're looking for absolutely that's that's my favorite thing to do is to help people and um i think i think also people know you do know you you know if you're if you are doing everything that you feel that's in your power um you actually know or you know what you can do to make it better as well just trust your instinct but also reach out reach out question question us i'm ready for it no i love it look talking talking about questions uh nick you've got a really great coaching style where you um ask a lot of questions of Uh, challenges which is which is awesome and that's essentially coaching in a nutshell where so many questions right? you, you would have seen it <laughs> i have to actually put an emoji at the end so i don't sound like i'm a member of like the the gestapo or something. <laughs> but look i think at the end of the day um you 
dear listener, dear challenger, are on your journey. And we may not know every aspect of your journey, but by asking you the right question, you may go through that reflective process and think, oh yeah, actually I'm not losing weight. My sleep is really trash because I've just had a, a newborn child welcome into my life. Um, and I can't train as hard because I'm so tired. And because I'm so tired, I'm not doing my meal prep. And because I'm so tired, I'm you know choosing to eat certain foods and not be as active throughout the day. And it's like, okay, it's all stemming back from my sleep. So Nick might ask you a question like, you know, how is your sleep going? And you might not think that's any relevance to your weight loss journey, but there's a reason why we or, or Nick might ask those certain questions. So it's a reflective process. And ultimately, yeah. I think that you have the answer. Uh, we might be able to guide you to it, but it's unlikely that we can give you the answer. You may need to find that answer from within for you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And sometimes it's something that you can't control. For example, yourself, Coach Steve, with your sleep. So it may be that you have to find blocks during the day where you can have a bit of a nana nap or, um, you know, you may have to back off your training a little bit. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. You know all that stuff. But that's what if, if I was asking you questions on the forum and you were like, oh, my training's not going very well, I'd probably ask, you know, how's your sleep? And you yeah. would say, shit. <laughs> And so and on. You, and you're right, because you can either try to change your um, environment, right? I'm mm. like, oh, yeah, I'll just get rid of my newborn so I can sleep again. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen, right? Um, or you go, okay, how can I modify my training so that I can still train within the parameters of my environment? So, yeah, you're right, Nick. So for me, I'm, I'm still trying to get some training in. So instead of actually having Nana nap when it's uh, nap time at the zoo at my house, um, I, I go and train then, right? Because that's the time that I can, that can I fit it in. Um, my, my volume is much lower. So I'm noticing that after just two exercises, I'm quite exhausted. My, my strength is just gone. I, you know, mm. I'm gassed. Gone uh, for you though. Yeah, like, let's get this into context. Yeah, like, yeah. Your strength is gone, but you're still benching. Uh, 120, but that, that, that's fine. Whatever. Um, I'm just yeah. saying like this it's, is someone... It's in context, yeah. Yes. So so instead of doing, let's say, like five repetitions, maybe like two or three reps in, I'm just like just exhausted, tired, mm -hmm. fatigued. So for me, my uh, strength stamina ha has decreased. My, my volume's lower, fewer sets, fewer reps. Um, and that that's okay because it's how I can maintain some strength and muscle while I'm getting through this window of probably another like six, 12 weeks of, of poor sleep, but I know it's going to get better. So you look my motto right now, just one day at a time. Well, it's almost like uh, I, I, I split, I split the day up into two, you know, morning and evening. It's, it's like a shift, like one shift at a time. It's like the morning, the, the evening, you know, and that's kind of how I'm getting through it right now. I'd, I'd love to tell you that it's it's like six months, but I still do that. And my daughter's <laughs> about to turn 15 this week, Steve. So <laughs> I think you just um, crack the code of being a parent. You do, you do. Mm. Well, like, look, I, I found some like positive changes after that like uh, six to 12 week mark with, with baby George. Um, so I'm hoping a similar transition with little baby Henry, but yeah, one day at a time or one shift at a time. We'll it'll happen. There. And you, you've got your, the, the main thing is that you have your basics, of your pyramid in place. So you, your base of your pyramid, which is your training, you know, your values, you like spending time with your family. You, um, you like eating food that makes you feel nourished and things. So that's your pyramid base and you'll never deviate from that. No matter what happens, it's just that it may sometimes be that you can only stay at the base. You can't climb to the top um, at the moment, only because you're limited. <laughs> Mm. No, it's all gonna it's all gonna work out. It's all gonna be smooth. Yeah, you can have a coaching session with Coach Nick. <laughs> <laughs> now look, Nick, 
look, let's talk briefly about uh, towards the end of the challenge. So uh, the challenge is wrapping up shortly. The end of the challenge is on the 4th of December. Sunday the 4th of mm -hmm. December is when the challenge is completed. And we then go through our, our um, public voting process. Then the, the judges get access to some of our, our challenge photos. Um, and then we announce our top 50 and then we announced our, our, our top 10. Now the top 10 will be announced on the awards night, which is on Friday, the 16th of December, Friday, 16th of December. And that's kicking off at about 7.30 PM Melbourne time. Um, so we're on daylight savings right now. So if you are trying to tune in from, let's say, um, Brisbane um, or Perth, you might need to just check what time that is on Melbourne time. If you wanted to watch the uh, awards night, which is live streamed to our Facebook social hub. So make sure you check that one out. It's always an exciting evening. Mm, I can't wait. I love that. Nick, there's also been um, a few discussions about the next challenge. When's the next challenge going to start? Now, yes, uh, the really. next challenge is mm -hmm. going to be a 12-week challenge. Mm -hmm. And um, we will be hopefully <laughs> running three 12-week challenges next year. Mm -hmm. uh, and that will be starting, the next challenge will be starting towards the end of January slash the start of February. So we might have like the prep week in January and then the challenge starts in, in February, um, or maybe a little bit towards the, the end of January, maybe just the start of February, somewhere around around there right now. It just hasn't been set in, in stone, uh, but it'll be back then. Now we have um, many people often ask, like, why don't we start at the start of January? You know, New Year's resolution, get start, New Year, New Year. Let's let's get started. Uh, the the real answer is that um, the challenge is a, a relatively small team. Um, you're looking at probably half the challenge right here in this, this podcast right now. Um, and you know, we do have a little bit of time over over Christmas, um, and then when we do come back after our little Christmas break, uh, we do kind of go through the the sign up process and everything, and then prep week and such like that. We do find many challenges are away over that uh, Christmas, New Year's period, you know, going on holidays and those types of things. Um, and, you know, a great time to start is towards the end of, of January. So we'll find that um, and, and you will definitely be getting marketing and emails about when the challenge begins, um, especially if you listen to something like the podcast here. You won't miss out. It's going to be awesome. Mm, very much, very much. I can't wait. And um, it's, it is so funny when you say that the team is just us, well, mostly yeah and a few others sometimes if you email somewhere else you just get us again <laughs> that's, that's right yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like when it, like, nick did you ever work in like let's say something like retail maybe hospitality and you know you might be like one of like two workers or maybe the only worker at on at that certain time and someone's like oh, i want to speak to your manager yeah. i'm like well i i'm kind of the only one here or like i am the manager like it's one of those yes. situations where it's like i want to speak to the coach it's like well you're speaking like i know, know. <laughs> i want to speak to another hang on a minute i'll just go out and get yeah come back <laughs> Yeah. No, so good. Uh, look, Nick, finally, um, there are a few challenges who um, are a little bit confused around around training right now, um, struggling to see their completed workout or workout history. Uh, so just some quick tips. Number one, um, just make sure you, you click the uh, complete and then finish button. So when you do your workout, there's one green button and then it goes to the next screen. You click, click the second green button. The idea behind that is that the first one is just, you know, just a summary of your workout. The second one is like a review page where you can post your journal, maybe write a comment about the entire workout and even edit some things to review. So think of it as like a, a complete then finish page. So make sure you're clicking both of those pages. And we often describe it as like click finish twice. You click mm. the green button, click the green button um, so that it's, it's done and then it's saved. Now, when you complete that workout, if you go to your training section in the app, 
on that particular day, let's say you did your workout on the Wednesday, if it is still Wednesday, it will still say like a green begin button. It won't show you like the workout that's completed. But once we move to the next day, once it becomes Thursday, if you went back to Wednesday, you will see the completed workout in that day. Uh, then there's others who maybe didn't do their workout on that Wednesday. If they didn't do it and it's now Thursday, it would say no workout completed because no workout was completed that day. Okay, so a little bit of that calendar system. So if you are wanting to review previously completed workouts, like in your history, you can click the history tab on the training tab and you'll see all your workouts there. Okay, um, or if you are inside a workout, so you just started your, your Thursday session, for example, you might look at one exercise, let's say a bench press, you can click history uh, and you know you can look at the history of that exercise, that bench press. So maybe you did bench press a few times in the week and you could see the different rep ranges that you did or something like that. So there's a few ways you can view your history within the app. Mm, very good. Now, if you are still facing any uh, challenges around the training portion, we'd love to know, um, especially if uh, you're experiencing things like any app crashes or anything like that. Um, the best information we can get is if it was like a screen recording of the app crashing. So if you uh, do want to help us out and you are experiencing a bug like that, um, if you could grab a, a screen recording and email that to us, we can go directly to our developers um, and, and and shortcut the whole process of getting it, getting it fixed. So if you are experiencing anything like that, we'd love to know. Um, please, please let us know via Facebook, social media, emails, anything like that, just get, get it to us. Yes. And in general, the feedback has been that it's going pretty smoothly at the moment, by the way, just in case anyone's wondering, because um, it's good to talk about the positive as well. So everybody's quite enjoying it at the moment. Nick, I'm excited to see what, what the final results are. It's going to be a really, really exciting challenge. That's right. That's right. Regardless of yeah, what you're holding in your hand or not, it's really to do with um, what you're doing. So That's I'd right. like, I can't wait. Hmm. Nick, let's move on to our next segment here. We have mm -hmm. our community highlights where we highlight some members of our community. So Nick, take us away. Who would you like to highlight this week? Let's do it. Okay, so we've got Chantelle Adams. So she said, hubby and I are both working from home today. So we did a 7K walk together this morning. Sunshine, fresh air and time with hubby while getting my steps in. What more could a girl ask for? Well, that's really nice. That's romantic. Yeah, that's a win. Love it. Great, great job, Chantelle. Yeah, very good. Um, Shane and I recently did a group fitness sort of strong class together, and that was quite fun, although we didn't participate together. Um, <laughs> Shane did a hack squat, Ooh. and that was exciting. And then I went along to the hack squat and put extra weights on there. <laughs> no, not competing or anything. All right. So next we've got Nicola Landy. So Nicola says, hi, guys. Second week done and dusted. Third week begins being plodding along um, meals and exercise going okay was so committed getting my steps in as I have a desk job Ca came home one day last week and walked the dog in the rain slash hail oh the dog would have loved that your dog would not have liked that <laughs> no, hey no. Um, you'd have to put her in a pram um, little changes but next four weeks I will get more exercise in the home and home gym 1.1 kilos down, small changes. So Nicola's sort of saying here um, that, you know, slow and steady wins the race. And also what I like about this one is that it's it's really about that progress, not perfection, which is what we kind of need to always have in the back of our minds. She's still doing it, whether it's up to her standards or not. And also you can't wait for the perfect time, especially not in Melbourne, to go outside and go for a walk. That's for sure. You've just got to rug up and get out there. 
That's right. And I just want to say that 1.1 kilos down is not a small change. It's a massive change. So big congratulations. That's exactly right. That Someone was saying the other day, and I thought this was fantastic, if you went and got, say, two kilos of a chicken breast and put it on your body and strapped it to your body, that's actually quite big. If you think about it, like the, the what that takes up, just and imagine all those slabs of meat. I don't know, but yeah. like that's actually quite a lot. People just yeah. dismiss it, but it's massive. Yeah. Well, hmm. I I've had the the privilege to be holding my son who's who's four kilos, right? And yeah. uh yeah, he's one, he's a baby, he's a big boy. But then two, you really feel it like, geez, okay, after a while holding this thing, you're like, okay, that's that's just four kilos. Uh it's massive. Um four so kilos yeah. Huge. One kilo down, big big congratulations. That's awesome. Very good. Very good. Okay, so next we've got Melissa and Crowther. I hope that I've pronounced that right, but I think I have. She says, throwback Thursday. I was very unsure about posting here. I'm new to the challenge and pretty self-conscious. The photo on the left was taken in 2013. I was at the heaviest I'd ever been. So guys, by the way, if you ever want to look at this stuff, it's on the Facebook group. So join um, and you can look for these things. Incredibly unhappy within myself and had a bad relationship with food. Since then, my weight has been fluctuating. The photo on the right was taken today. This is after three months of changing habits and doing various exercise challenges. I'm finally finding my happy. This challenge has gone a long way to help me and I look forward to seeing the results at the end of the six weeks. So that's a really positive, um, you know, testimonial to herself and to the challenge. Yeah, that, that, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Big congratulations, Melissa. It's great to reflect on, on those positions in life, you know, like tw tw uh, 2013 is you know, good uh, eight, nine years ago. Uh, and, you know, we can all change a lot. Like, Nick, if you went in a time machine back to 2013 and think about yourself, you're like, geez, what was mm -hmm. I doing in 2013? I was you know, gallivanting myself around the world somewhere. Um, I was a very different person then. And, you know, it's a great time to reflect and think, wow, I've grown and changed so much. Um, so congratulations to Melissa for taking that time to reflect on her transformation, you know, internally and, and externally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well done. And welcome to the challenge as well, by the way. Nick, I've got a couple I'd like to highlight. The first one goes out to Kath Agus, Agus, A-G-I-U-S. It could Agus. be Agus. 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 Mm. Uh, Kath, Kath writes, coming in hot to week three. Ooh, go Kath. <laughs> Being away all week didn't stop me from showing up at the gym every day, getting my steps in every day and keeping my nutrition point on point every day. Ooh. No excuses to becoming who I want to be. Little love heart emoji, little flex emoji. Gosh, love a cat. Keep going. That's awesome. No excuses. <laughs> Next one here, Nick, I have Kerry Howell. And Kerry writes, okay, first timer to this challenge or any challenge, really. Big step for me to post this. And she she posted a little, little photo of herself. I'll say that the first week I gained weight, the second week nothing. And then by the third week, the scales finally got finally going down and I could see some progress. As much as I hated taking the photos, they're a good way to keep my motivation going. Fingers mm -hmm. crossed at some point I start to see some muscles. Wow. Firstly, Kerry, congratulations on, uh, you know, making yourself seen. <laughs> uh, many people join the challenge and they're, they're happy to sit on the sidelines, um, but by engaging the community, maybe posting a, a progress photo or even just a simple post uh, online, um, you, you are now seen. People will be like, wow, yeah, Kerry, keep going, Kerry, that's awesome. So big, big congratulations for stepping out of your comfort zone and making a post like this, big win. 
I love I love the new dialogue that's going on with um fingers crossed I'm starting to see some muscles you know rather than um fingers crossed I'm starting you know I'll start to get skinny or things like that that just makes me so happy to hear that just a different way that women are talking about themselves now yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh the, the only thing I'd say is that we we, we all have muscles <laughs> um or you wouldn't be able to move so the muscles are definitely there right and think of that lens shift as like instead of trying to see muscles you know the muscles are there you know just trying to make them bigger expose them right uh so you've got muscle keep going train hard it's gonna be awesome yeah true true i think the last one here goes out to adriana mcculloch and adriana wrote a bit of a longer story this is just a little bit of the the cliff notes and she writes just sharing a funny story in the gym i was doing 60 kilo rdls that's you know one 20 kilo plate on each side. And I was doing a snatch grip. So that's a little bit wider, a wide grip um, with straps. And a young man, she writes teenager, I think, next to me was doing the same. I saw him look at his plates and then look at mine and then look back at his. He was doing the gym math and realized we were lifting the same weight. He just looked at me and shook his head. And I just laughed and said, do not underestimate us oldies. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I love this post. Ness. I love this post because uh, it's similar to what you were saying about Kerry. It really highlights about you know getting, getting strong and having strength at any age where if you are in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, you know, you can get strong and you could be, you know, just as strong as what you'd expect. Maybe a, a teenage, uh, early 20s guy would be who goes into the gym. You could be stronger than that. So don't underestimate the strength that you have at any age. Yeah, um, bloody oath. And also PS Snatch Grip 60 is good. Yeah. Saying. Yeah, that, that, that's massive. Um, yeah, it's not the easiest. So yeah. good on you, Adriana. Respect respect (laughs) nick let's move on to the coach's corner where we offer our tip for the week so nick take us away what advice do you have for us so here's my cc my coach's corner but it won't include ccs which are corn chips well it could but um so that's cc my cc my segue into the cc um party season a guide by coach nick thank you very much take it away so everybody's Everybody is is you guys have all, you've heard me talk a lot over the years that I've worked with the challenge about um, ways to conquer uh, social gatherings or um, you know events things like that ways to do it. But somebody mentioned on the Facebook group that they'd like to hear it again. So of course you didn't have to ask me twice. I was happy to say. I'll just give you a super summary of what I think is really good. Just say we've got a party season coming up. Just say we've got a few different events and we are trying to really keep our healthy lifestyle that we have adopted. You have a few options. One, you can do everything that's available to you at the party. You can drink, you can eat and things like that. And my biggest recommendation if you do that is to just get on with it the next day. Don't make up for it and don't also get derailed by it so that's one option so that is completely okay nothing bad's going to happen to you uh as long as you don't do it too often that is sometimes something that you need to just do because sometimes doing the rest of it can be a little bit full-on the the other option is and this is sort of what we advocate in the challenge because we like to live the challenge lifestyle all the time and that is make it fit in to what you actually have as your long-term goals so a strategy is firstly people say I can't eat what's at the party now I know this one quite well because if I get invited anywhere um, there's often 
a lot of things that I don't normally want to eat that don't really fit with with what I with, with what how I like to fuel myself. So what I always do and what the host is always always happy to have is a couple of plates of things that I like to eat and I also know that then my kids will be happy because they're a bit fussy so some fresh fruits um you know some lean meats things like that that everybody in our family is used to eating bring that along and share it with everybody else and um, you can't go wrong there so that's one thing and I think people forget about that they think oh I I don't know how to explain that um, I'm not going to be eating their food but if you offer things if you give things you catch more flies with honey, if you know what I mean. Like it's a really good way to just approach it, to just bring your own food. Uh, if you are going out, now this is an interesting one and one that has actually gotten a bit easier now because especially because of, I think, COVID and things, restaurants posted all their menus online and they were doing takeaways and things. So you can really see what each restaurant has. So what I would do is if you want to be meticulous, you can pre-enter into your app the foods that you might like. Just say you are going to have a steak, you could enter a steak. Um, you could enter, I would always overestimate. So I would probably put more grams than what you think you're having. And then the trick, this is a little trick, add in a bunch of olive oil or some sort of oil into your day as well, because they're always cooked in oil. Anyway, start to factor it in. Um, have a lightish meal in the morning, save a few calories for dinner. Um, and also, don't the other thing is on the flip side don't go into the event starving so have something high protein and um, do your training as you normally would and then go and enjoy the event but plan around it by um, entering it all in and choosing your meal prior to going so I will I usually look for on a restaurant menu I like a salmon I like a steak. I like some sort of a chicken or a chicken salad now remember with a salad a salad can often be even more calorific than a huge pizza. So have the huge pizza, have a margarita pizza that's a wood-fired pizza. You'll find that it's probably less calories than a big Caesar salad. So have a look at that and um, have a look at the ingredients and don't be afraid if you're about to win the challenge or you're, you're really in that mindset, don't be afraid to ask them to cook it in a specific way or ask them how they cook stuff. So if something's uh, listed as fried, it's often something to stay away from. Um, Usually poached is a good one. Sauteed is a is a naughty one for kind of fried as well. So there's just a few little tips for you. And I'm sure Coach Steve, you've got a couple as well. Yeah, I think we all should prepare for the future when we are in those situations uh, where there's more options to steer off of our plan, okay? So, you know, that could be the party situation, that could be uh, an engagement party, it could be, you know, going out clubbing with the, the boys or the girls, it could be uh, a, a wedding event, it could be a birthday party where there's cake, you know, whatever your, your situation is, we need and should spend some time to prepare for those events. Now, the the one option, which is probably the easiest option, is to abstain from it, right, where we go, no, I'm just, just not going to do that anymore. Mm. But it's worth reflecting. Going well, what are you, what are you, what are you gonna do? Like moving forward, when these events um, pop up, are you just gonna abstain the entire time? And how is that gonna affect, uh, you know, relationships and social uh, lives and health, social health um, in the future? So um, it can come with lots of anxiety and worry. Like, oh, geez, I've got my kid's birthday party. There's gonna be cakes, there's gonna be fairy bread, there's gonna be like, you know, soda and candy and all that stuff. What am I gonna do? How am I gonna control myself? 
And I think it is worth taking that step back and looking at some of those foods as one, simply energy, being like, okay, if I'm going to consume some fairy bread because my kid made me fairy bread, all right, a piece of fairy bread, okay, I can factor it into my calories, probably best to overestimate that, that's probably wise. Um, the second is to reframe it or, or change it. So maybe a kid's party or a party of a, another kid that's not yours, yeah, bring the bring the fruit fruit platter, right? Bring some quote healthier options, um, and that may be doing well for your kid, for you, but then also being that positive light, being like, hey, we can still party uh, and enjoy some healthier foods. The last thing I've already touched on, Nick, is our good friend alcohol. Oh yes, good friend alcohol. Now we've spoken a lot about alcohol in different podcasts, different mediums on the forums, on Facebook groups. Um, but you know, let's let's give a, a quick super summary. You can consume alcohol and stay in relatively good shape. Okay, you can consume alcohol and stay in relatively good shape. Now, you might not be the leanest person going around. You might not be Mr. Olympia or um, you know Miss Bikini model up on stage, um, but you know you can have um, a drink now and then within moderation from time to time um, and still stay in relatively good shape. Uh, now, the main factor is one: we need to monitor the calorie content of that drink. So you might be surprised by how many calories are in maybe a glass of wine. So maybe an average glass of wine could be anywhere between like 100 to 300 calories. So if you think, oh, I'm just having a glass of wine a day or a week, and that, you know, I'm not losing weight because your calorie deficit might have been 300 calories, but you're just having a glass of wine and that now puts you back into maintenance calories. That might be the reason. Okay. Mm. Now, uh, on, on paper, one gram of alcohol is seven calories, right? But um, the problem with alcohol is usually it has other things, you know? So if you order a, um, you know, a, a vodka raspberry, like that's, you know, vodka with like raspberry cordial. So, you know, has all sugars. Or if you order a, a lavish cocktail, you know, what's a what's a cocktail these days, Nick? Uh, espresso martini. Espresso martini. Probably, is that okay. lavish? No. I don't right. know. So let's say espresso martini. It has lots of liqueurs and other things in, inside the, the drink. So, you know, that's additional calories where you thought, oh, okay, it's only got um, one shot of whatever goes in espresso martini, uh, you know, that might only be like 100 calories worth of vodka that might go in it. Does vodka go in my espresso? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I, think it's, I think so. But like, let's say, let's say pina colada, because that's okay. a naughty one. That's, well, not naughty. That's like crazy. Is, is that tequila? Milk and, and it's got um, rum. Yeah. Okay. Got Yo-ho and pineapple so, juice. <laughs> so let's say it has one shot, 30, 30 mils, let's say 30 grams. It has 30 grams of alcohol in it. You know, that, that is coming close to maybe 200 calories in that drink of just alcohol. But then it has milk and pineapple juice and maybe some cordials and other cures. So that's where the problem lies in all those extra fillers. The same conversation as those who love, you know, maybe Starbucks, double espresso, chocomolka lattes, right? Where it's like the coffee isn't the problem, it's all the additives that come with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the next is once we do have a drink, it's the decisions we make after that, right? Where we go, mm-hmm. oh yeah, let's have the Macca's run or let's have the, the kebab or, you know, oh, well, now that I've had a drink, well, it's it's done. I might as well get into that, that chip bowl and oh, they got whole mess. Well, it's game over now. So that's when we face problems. Um, and then, you know, in the secondary fact, depending on how you recover, the next day could be a write-off for you. Um, you know, if you had plans to do meal prep, you know, if, you, if you're hungover, no, no chance. Uh, or if you had plans to go to the gym and do some heavy deadlifts and you're hungover, yeah, no chance. So we do need to consider those factors into our decision to have a drink or not. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, just remember, nothing is final if you do something that you that doesn't you know serve you forever 
move on. You know, yeah. that's all. Yeah. Just to, like like my advice right now, one day at a time or uh, yeah, one Absolutely, day. absolutely. Especially I think because people have been so isolated from each other and things and, and you know, life is there to be lived as well. And I know that's not a good coachy thing, but we want to, we do want to enjoy our friends' company and do things as well. And I think that it's good to be able to learn all of these tactics and sit somewhere in the middle of everything. And often sitting in the middle of stuff is where you end up being quite successful because you're not trying to push yourself too far out the front and you're not lagging behind. Wow. Let's be <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Nick. Yeah, sometimes you have to be. <laughs> Nick, I'd like to speak uh, a little bit about, <clears throat> you ready for this? Yes. I'd like to speak a little bit about quantum entanglement. Oh, gosh. Well, you must have had a good night's sleep last night. <laughs> no, no, look, if you just listened, if you just heard that, you think, oh, geez, Steve's going to go on his little rabbit hole walk. Maybe someone's going to press fast forward, right? Stick, now. stick with me for, for, for just, just a couple of minutes. Now, okay. um, let's start with a little story. So over the, the past couple of uh, months, um, because my partner has been heavily pregnant, um, I've been on bedtime duty with little baby George. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, bedtime duty uh, involves story time for, for George. And for his birthday, my dear mum, my dear mum bought him a box set collection of science for babies. Okay, so this book set is a whole bunch of um, uh, topics. So, you know, maybe physics for babies or the theory of relativity for babies or statistics for baby, biology is for babies, right? And it's just like a storybook and it's like, this is a ball. This ball is connected to this ball and these balls are moving down and this is gravity, you know, that type of thing, right? Oh, that's cute. You it's, would have loved that. I love it. Love it, love yeah. it, love it, love it. Anyway, so uh, I'm reading a book called Quantum Entanglement for Babies. Okay. And it's talking about how particles are connected to each other, blah, 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 blah. And it explains um, it's via this concept where if you had two balls, Nick, you had a, a red ball and a blue ball. Okay. Mm -hmm. You grabbed one of those balls and you put it in a box yep. and then you gave me the box. When I grabbed that box, I don't know what ball is in it. I don't know if it's a red ball or a blue ball. Okay. So at the same time for me, the in the ball inside the box is both a red ball and a blue ball because i don't know what is in the box what's in the box right <laughs> uh kind of like schrodinger's cat you know you've heard of schrodinger's cat like yes. if you put a cat in a box the cat is both alive and dead at the same time because you don't know what state the cat is in in the box hmm. so the point of it so it, it, they explained they explained it in the book as you know it starts by not knowing what's inside of it but then you can predict what's inside of it because it's entangled with other things blah 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 but we're just going to stop at that point of quantum entanglement, okay? Because when you have a box and it has a ball in it and you don't know what color the ball is, the ball is both, you know, red and blue at the same time. And the only way to find out what color that ball is, is to open the box, right? And what you are doing is you are observing the ball. And when you observe or measure the ball, the ball changes because at the start, the ball is both red and blue, but once you look at the ball, you measure the ball, it becomes an exact color. Now, what the hell does this have to do with fitness and, and training and what we're talking about in the challenge? The point is what we measure, what we observe, we change that variable, that data point, that thing, we change the ball. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how this can relate to things in, in training, in nutrition, okay? So firstly, let's use the example of something like hunger. Many of us don't measure our hunger. We don't even think about our hunger. If I said, you know, are you hungry? You go, yeah. 
right? Because you just it's just more of a response. But if you took a moment to measure your hunger, maybe on a scale of one to ten, and that one to ten could mean anything to you. A one could be you are not hungry at all. You just eaten at a at a buffet right maybe you went to a hummus buffet and you're, you're full right that's, that's your one and then your 10 might be that you just fasted for for three or four days you haven't eaten because you've been lost on a desert island that's a 10 for you right so your scale of one to 10 could vary so if i ask you how hungry you are you're like i'm kind of maybe a six right now that changes your perspective perspective of hunger right you've now measured it you've changed it so before you were hungry both red and blue, you're both the red and blue ball. But once you measure it, you now have a number and you go, well, I'm actually just a six out of 10 hungry. So do I really want to have a snack right now? Do I need this Maxine Burn bar right now? Or do I want to have it a little bit later, right? Or maybe on the other side of it, you're like, oh, well, actually, I want to eat when I'm about a six out of 10, because I don't want to wait till I'm a 10 out of 10, because I know I'm going to overeat then. So when you measure your hunger, it changes your hunger, it changes your perception of hunger, and it can change the strategy that you take. Okay. Mm -hmm. In training, we can measure something like our rate of perceived exertion, our RPE, okay? Now, RPE is kind of when you do a set or an activity, um, you rate how, how challenging it was on a scale of 1 to 10. And that RPE could be anything. It could be on a scale of 1 to 100 and 1 to 1,000, right? Um, how you rate it. And again, that could be very specific to you. A 10 out of 10 could be like an immovable object. You know, it's a massive effort. It's not going anywhere. It can't move. And a 1 could be, you know, sitting on the couch, playing video games, you just, you just kick in it, right? So your RPE can scale depending on what it is. So after you do a set of bicep curls, you might go, how much effort was that? And you might go, well, I've, I, I've done a, a really hard session or a really hard set or really hard rep before. I know what a 10 out of 10 is. That set of bicep curls was maybe a four out of 10, okay? Once you've measured your RPE, it changes your effort. It changes your perception of it and you go, well, should I stay at the, the two kilo dumbbells with my bicep curls? It was a four out of 10. What do I really want to train? I want to train maybe, you know, seven, eight, nine out of 10 where it's challenging. Okay, maybe I'll do more reps or maybe I'll increase the weight. So my, the, the point of all of this, Nick, my coach's corner tip of the, the week here is if you want to change something, the first step is to measure it. Because mm -hmm. what's measured is changed. Of course, what's measured is managed. But what, measured is, what you start measuring, you, you start to change it. We don't want to just be looking at our box and thinking, is it a red ball or a blue ball? I don't know. I'm going to throw the box away and say, I'm, I'm done with this. We need to be able to open the box, measure what's inside of it and go, okay, great. Now it's changed. It's now a red ball. How do I you know, play basketball with this ball? How do I change this ball? How do I manage this ball now that I know what color it is? Okay, so don't be afraid to measure things. And if you want to change something, start by measuring it. And that could be a, a quantitative measurement, you know, scaling it, like on a scale of one to 10, how hungry am I? What is my effort right now? Or it could be a qualitative uh, um, process where you go, okay, what words can I apply to this? You know, hunger, am I starving? Am I peckish? You know, where is this thing? effort oh am i exhausted or so hard i was like oh i was kicking it you know can you measure it with words or can you measure it with numbers start there make the change yes and um i think that that's so true because things can really get out of control if you don't measure them because otherwise also you use like emotions and you might go ah oh, these genes have just they don't fit me because they've shrunk in the wash or, you know. And no, that's the brand, the brand of jeans, Nick. That's, that's yeah. the reason why they're not fitting anymore. That's right. So I think that that eliminates that. And I think in the long term, it's better for you. It might hurt at the time, but it's better for you in the long term. 
Very good. Right. So good. Nick, let's move on to our final segment here. We have our question and answer. So we've got a yeah. few questions this week. First one comes from Nicola. Nicola writes, can I do two days training on the same day? Oh, I love this question. And are you able to add exercises you do on a day that you don't have training in the app? Yep. Thanks. Okay, so Nick, two-part question. Can you train twice a day? And second, maybe she's Nicola's asking if she can add extra exercises to a workout or training on a day where she's not meant to train. So well, what advice would you give to, to Nicola over these things? Well, um, you can. You can do anything you want to. So um, as long as you manage your volume and fatigue uh, in the right way. Uh, so you don't want to – there's no point in – starting to do excessive amounts like if you're doing you know 40 sets of something you know that's just an example um you don't want to be doing that there's just no point it sort of isn't that the law of diminishing returns you know um i have trained two times in a day uh there was a time there was a time way back when i had more time when and it didn't adversely affect anything really because i managed everything quite well it just depends why that's what I always ask people, why Why do you want to do it? Because if you think it's going to get you results faster, which is what people usually think, or you think you're not doing enough already with the program that's set, that's where, where I would put it back onto you and say, try and see what you can do with what you've got first before you try and add extra. But if there's an actual reason for it, like if you want to do a, a body part split or you've got extra time or you're training for something in particular or there's there's a, an area that you'd like to bring up or you just bloody well want to, but you, ha you have the time, then fine. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I think over the past maybe 12, 24 months, I, I have seen a resurgence in um, uh, like higher frequency training programs. And I think it was mainly um, Mike Kisretel of um, Renaissance Periodization who kind of brought up the idea again where to really stimulate a muscle group, you might need higher frequencies. And this kind of is in like the advanced kind of realm or maybe more enhanced advanced kind of realm. So the idea is that certain muscle groups might benefit from higher frequencies, maybe training them two or three times a week. So you might need to spread out your volume across not only seven sessions if you train every day you might need to do let's say 10 or 12 sessions a week so that means you are doing like a morning and an evening workout but the workouts are much shorter it's not like you know a five or six exercise workout it's maybe like you know you go to the gym do two or three exercises then you go home so it's mm. smaller smaller volume per session but distributed over a, uh, a bigger spread um, but i think you nailed it where you said uh about volume because you, you can get into that realm of junk volume where you're just making yourself tired you're just adding on to more fatigue that you have to recover from so then if you uh, are training twice a day if you go to train the next day and you're so tired from the session before or the day before what's the point? You know, you just end up going uh, in this negative spiral down and down and down until you just exhaust yourself. Or you put yourself at a higher risk of an injury occurring just because you're so tired. Now, similar to you, Nick, I, I have actually experimented with the um, like two training sessions a day. I would do something like 10 to 12 sessions a week. Um, and that was when I was in my earlier 20s <laughs> when I had far fewer responsibilities than I do now. I didn't have two kids or a cat or a dog or a mortgage or a full-time job, right? I was still a uni student and I, you know, living the dream, right? Um, so I had all the recoverability elements to be able to do that type of activity. Um, whereas now, no chance. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more of an adult now than I was then. And um, if I was to try to train 
more than what I do now, I would uh, have serious recovery issues, um, much higher risk of injury, um, and just feeling like crap, <laughs> and you know, very poor, poor performance outcomes. So you know, you can do some of these things. However, many of us are not full time bodybuilders, many of us are not full time athletes. And many of us just don't have the environment to support, um, you know, proper, like, training in that in that sense you know you can, it can be done you know go to the gym grab the two kilo dumbbells do some bicep curls yeah no, no issues but if you're doing some proper solid hard high intensity training three or four sessions a week you know that that's more than enough to make you like stimulated to to grow muscle doing more might not be actually adding to it you may benefit from trying to do higher intensity sets than trying to just to do simply do more 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 yeah, I agree. And also be respectful of the people around you, like the people in your family and stuff, they, they might also need you occasionally to be home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Nick, next question here comes from Tina. Tina writes, help with three exclamation marks and four emojis of the both hands on the cheek. Ah, yeah, that, that's it. That, I don't know how to describe that. Emoji. It's like the scream, that face. The scream face, yes. Tina writes, help. I need help to get rid of my muffin top. Any recommendations on what I must do to get rid of it and start to see some abs happening? Mm -hmm. Okay, Tina, let's break it down. Uh, first thing you do is, is join the challenge and follow the challenge. <laughs> um, that's that's essentially what we're trying to do here. You know, the muffin top might be described as extra body fat um, around the sides or around the hips that kind of produce this kind of like muffin type look when we wear pants or such. Um, so we're just carrying a little bit of uh, muffin, uh, just carrying a little bit of body fat around our midsection, which can be very normal for those of us who are um, carrying a little bit more body fat needs to sit somewhere. Um, and we all have abs, we all have those muscles. And as we remove some of our body fat, we can start to visually see the, the, the ab muscles. Okay. So as uh, unhelpful as this next saying is, it's primarily what we need to do. We need to eat less and move more. That, that's, that's the crux of it. We need to um, eat less than what we're currently eating um, and or move more than what we're currently moving. So both can happen at the same time or just one or the other. So, you know, eating less can be simply looking at what food you have now. Maybe you eat two palms worth of food at breakfast, lunch, and dinner maybe you just reduce it by 10% or a quarter or a little bit of a serve. So just eating a little bit less than what we're eating right now. The best way to start, like my coach's corner tip is to measure. So just write down what you're eating. Um, you know, best would be write down every day what you're eating, but something a little bit more achievable is maybe writing down um, maybe two or three times, uh, uh, sorry, um, writing out a whole day of what you eat, maybe two or three times in a week, and then sit down and review that. So you might write out what you ate on Monday, what you ate on Thursday, and then what you ate on, on a Saturday. Write it down in a journal and say, all right, breakfast, I had you know two eggs on a muffin. And for lunch, I had a tuna sandwich. Um, and then for dinner, I went to Subway and had a foot-long meatball sub. Um, and then I went home and had a tub of ice cream. Right, write it down, whatever. Um, then just sit down and review it and go, well, okay, this is what I ate on Tuesday. This is what I ate on Thursday. This is what I ate on Saturday. I honestly believe that we humans are smart, right? We, we know what we should be doing and we know it should be eating. So you might look at this journal and go, well, okay, where do I start with this? I had two, two eggs on, on a muffin, oh, not too bad. And I had a tuna sandwich, oh, not too bad. And then a Subway footlong sub, oh yeah, okay, it's a, it's a sandwich. Okay, maybe I can change something there. Maybe I can turn the Subway sa sandwich into maybe a salad there. And then you look at the, the dessert, you go, oh, I hate a whole tub of ice cream. Maybe I don't need to have the whole tub of ice cream. Maybe I can have half a tub of ice cream or maybe a quarter or maybe 
omit the ice cream so we know what we should be doing. So maybe that's the starting point. Just write down what you're eating, reflect and review that, and then maybe make some circles. And be like, oh, I want to change this meal. I want to change this meal. Rinse and repeat until you design um, a food intake that you're happy with and you're comfortable with, right? Next, we want to look at our physical activity. The best way to measure that is by purchasing an activity tracker. You could buy them as cheap as, you know, 20 bucks online up into a couple of hundred dollars um, at, you know, retail stores. Measure how many steps you do on a particular day. Try to measure your average, like, step count um, across the week. So, you know, maybe you're, you're averaging 7,000 steps a day over the course of a week. And then try to beat that. Maybe you get to 8,000, maybe you get to 9,000, maybe you get to 10, 11, 12,000 steps on average for the particular week. You may find that you naturally increase your physical activity because you're trying to get more steps in. Then you can consider maybe joining a gym and getting some resistance training in. So there's some really basic steps to kind of start the process. Um, and then we can get into the nitty gritty of, okay, well, how many calories are you consuming? You know, what resistance training are you doing? How many steps? You know, that's all the nitty gritty stuff. This is the starting point. Write it down, measure it, change it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Nick, next question here comes from Natalie. Natalie writes, can I use night protein during the day? Whew, Nick, what would you say, Natalie? Yes, you can. Um, your protein doesn't know what time of day it is. <laughs> um, it's it's fine. Um, it's it's a slow digesting one, the night protein. So it's casein protein and um, it's slow release. So um, it's something that usually could be used when you are not eating um, and can stimulate muscle growth overnight, but you can have it during the day as well. Um, I think, look, I've read things that say it's good to regulate hunger. So if you're in a, in a dieting phase, perhaps it is not even a bad idea to have some during the day, you know, um, it can kind of make you feel a little bit fuller. So I'm off to buy some right now, even though I'm not in a dieting phase, <laughs> but I haven't had some for ages. It just made me think of it. Um, yeah, I'm down for yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's a simple answer. Yeah, you can yeah. definitely have casein protein, which is the nighttime protein during the day. And for some individuals, uh, it is a wise strategy to help keep hunger at bay. Yeah. I, I don't know why we don't do that more. Nick, hmm. final yeah. question here comes from Rajit. Rajit. I, knew, I knew you would like this one. Oh, I love this question. I, you Rajit weren't writes. around to add it. And I, like, really? That's out of my scope. I'm really, I don't. <laughs> okay. Look, Rajit writes, Hi there, what angle is the best for the incline bench press? 60 or 45? And he's referring to degrees. Okay, let's talk about it. Okay, okay. so uh, the non-exciting answer is that there is no best. There is no best angle, okay? Um, of course, the answer is it depends, okay? Um, so uh, traditionally, you know, an incline bench press would be defined as any angle of inclination on the bench from I would say, you know, 30 degrees or heck even just one degree, it's, you know, you're on an incline, <laughs> um, you know, up until about 75 degrees. That's what I would say would be an incline bench um, or heck you could even go from one degree to, you know, 89 degrees is an incline bench. And then maybe after 90, you get into like a, a shoulder press. <laughs> so semantics, okay. Now, maybe Rajit is kind of asking, okay, the incline bench press, I know that it works my upper pecs or the clavicular head of the pec, right? Which attach onto the collarbone. So all right, I want, what's the best angle to target that upper pec area? Now, the answer again is it, it depends. You know, we all have different structure and anatomy. We all have different uh, like collar width, collarbone width. So like I might have broad shoulders, Nick, you might have uh, narrower shoulders. So our collarbones would be different lengths, right? Um, so the actual angle that we put our arms in 
because when you lay down on the bench, um, you know, when you go to push to the sky, uh, the, the higher the angle, the more vertical you'll be pressing and the lower the angle, the more horizontal you'll be pressing as you fight gravity to push the, the load to the sky, right? So that angle that you put the bench would change depending on um, your own structures and then how you actually complete the movement pattern, okay? If you bias like the lower aspect of the incline bench, so maybe closer to that 30 degrees or so, um, you might be incorporating more of maybe the middle pec, what we call the sternal pec, because it's more of a horizontal pec uh, press. Whereas if you bring the, the incline bench up closer to 90 degrees, or maybe that's 75 degrees, you start turning into a bit more of like a overhead press, shoulder press, recruiting more of like the anterior delt, the front delt muscle to complete the movement. Okay. Now, it's not very helpful to say it depends and you need to test it all, right? I would recommend, you know, kind of starting off, I would say that that 45, which is a nice halfway mark between a flat bench and an incline bench, that'll be a good starting point, okay? What we want to first is to feel the sensation, right? Where we're trying to experience the difference between the middle pec, the upper pec, and the anterior delt. So when we would want to choose a load that we can comfortably command, maybe in this like eight to 12 rep range, or we're not going too heavy, where we bias certain movement patterns that you feel strong in. So some of us may start to round our shoulders when we do a chest press. So we naturally recruit more of the anterior delt. So even if you're doing a flat bench press, you might find that you're rolling your shoulders. So you're recruiting more of the shoulder than the big pec muscle. Um, so choose a load that you can command well, try to feel the sensation, try to feel the stretch. Um, and then we're trying to look at some applied um, anatomy, not so much biomechanics, because that gets a little bit, a little bit iffy, but more applied anatomy being like, okay, I'm trying to press with the upper pec, maybe this 45 degree angle is a good place to start. So look, Rajit, there's no right or wrong here, no dogma. Um, incline bench press could be defined as anywhere between one degree and 89 degree, I would say more so maybe 30 to 75 degrees. Um, but a good place to start would be right in the middle, about 45 degrees. And I would invite you to test different angles. You may find one feels nicer than the others. One, you may get a really great stretch compared to the other. And one, you may feel a really juicy pump compared to the other. Experiment with a barbell, experiment with dumbbells, experiment even with cables. You might find um, the one that works for you. Nice I love these types of questions. Oh, this is the type of stuff that keeps one. me up at night. Yeah. That was the one where I thought, oh, Coach Steve would, would miss the forum. <laughs> well, look, next time question. next time I'm up at like 2 a.m. feeding uh, little baby Henry, these are the types of things that I think about. Yeah, I'll send you an emergency emoji and go, this one's <laughs> not for me. <laughs> no, so good. Look, Nick, let's wrap up there for episode number 91 of the Challenge Weekly Show. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know, and we'll catch you next week for episode number 92. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.